Thank you. I wanted to make sure the balloons weren't blocking my uh, ability to directly connect with uh, Jeff and Katie and the, and the girls. I already have been so blessed just being able to be present in this context and uh, hearing the, again, I know none of us love to be videoed. Uh, maybe a couple of us love to be videoed, but not most of us. And so being willing to do that and knowing that it might not come off quite the way you want it to and it, you know, maybe you can't hear it as well as you want, I just want to acknowledge that that Jeff and Katie is really a gift back to you of the reality of what you have planted in this space and place. Today we're celebrating almost seven years of ministry uh, here at East Peak uh, Mennonite Church. Uh, and Jeff, I've known you as a pastoral colleague. I was pastoring at, Mel at Mountville Mennonite Church when Jeff started in the associate pastor role. Uh, we began to get to know each other in that context, and then for the past five years, I've served as the bishop overseer uh, in this district, and by virtue of that, bishop overseer for Jeff. It is interesting because I don't feel like your overseer. I feel like you're my friend. And I'm going to miss you. You push me hard. We have honest conversations, but our hearts are together. And that means a lot to me as an overseer. I, I don't need puppets in, my, in the pulpits of the churches I oversee. I want leaders. And Jeff, you are a leader. You are a leader. And Katie, you're a leader, but often a quiet leader. But the reality is, if we take enough time to listen and hear what you have to say, we're going to be shocked at the depth of wisdom that God's planted in you. And don't ever hide behind the quiet veneer and not allow the beauty and the wisdom that God's given you to continue to be used. It will be able to be released in new ways in the years to come because life seasons change. But I just wanted to name that and call that out in this context. Many in this congregation had a chance to see that part of you. Others didn't. And that's okay. Part of it's just the reality of, of, of life. But I wanted to, to name that piece. As I mentioned, Jeff, the reality of feeling more like a friendship and a relationship uh, than, a, than, a, than, a, than a, a, a connection as an overseer over a pastor. I feel like I've learned a lot from you and that we've learned from each other on that journey. And so I wanted to begin today by naming some of the things that I greatly appreciate about you, Jeff, and will miss. Uh, they gave me the assignment of, of sharing some and talking with the congregation about Jeff and what I saw in his life, but also to tie that in with, uh, with, with a scriptural piece, and we're going to come to that a bit later. There's a number of things that stand out to me about who you are and the uncompromising part of who you are, Jeff. And the one is a love for God's Word. In every way you know possible, you're going to honor God's Word. Now, people might disagree with you because sometimes coming out at things from a particular perspective or place, they might not land exactly at the same place, but that doesn't change that you love God's Word and want to honor God's Word. I'll say it publicly in this context, I know few leaders who are so diligent to study God's Word and continue to seek ways to communicate the truth from God's Word as you do, Jeff. Few leaders. You diligently pursue truth, and I want to honor you publicly for that passion and that desire. 
that commitment and which then means because of who you are, it's going to be delivered. When it's committed on Jeff's part, he's going to deliver. It's who he is. The second one is a commitment to truth. Uh, Jeff, your heart commitment to tr- is, is for truth and honest communication. I'll just share a little secret here with you because you don't know it yet. Tongue in cheek. You know it well. We're not very good at that in most of our churches and religious institutions. That place of truth, the commitment to truth, and so at times that has created tensions in this place. Your desire to be truthful, to be honest, to be who you are in that context. But to me it is that commitment that is so much needed in the body of Christ. Thanks for sharing and modeling this commitment among us in the Landisville Manor District and in East Petersburg Mennonite Church and might I say in LMC and in the region. The third area that came to mind as I prepared was uh, a prophetic and apostolic unction. Jeff, you're gifted within the APES gifting as a prophet and an apostle. You and I have had many conversations about that. Uh, in the broader context for all of you in this setting, one of my passions and one of the things Jeff and I on the Strategic Direction Task Force invested in was, was saying we've got to find a way that the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, all of them, are being used within this movement for the purpose of the kingdom. And even as I share that, I just see you really on like a bulldozer and going through with that bulldozer. My, all of my grandsons love bulldozers. The youngest goes crazy over them. It's just, he just thinks it's so cool to move things, to, to get things out of the way that are obstructing. God's used you as a bulldozer in this church, in our district, and in this conference of churches. But the reality is that because we're not sure what to do with that, at times you've taken, you've taken the shot uh, to the chops for that in the, in the context because we're not comfortable with that. And I recognize that I, I, I served as a pastor in, in Manor District. Manor District was a, a region where there was extremely heavy-handed and at times abusive oversight and leaders, who I believe many of them were probably apostolic or prophetic whether they knew it or not, but the way in which it was used was not healthy. And so for a lot of us, we don't know what to do with that. We're not sure how to, how to, how to respond to that. Some of us still carry wounds and baggage, and our response back is to push away when the prophetic or the apostolic comes. That unction within you, I want to say thank you for leading from the gut, from the core, in spite of the fact that at times it made it harder. You could have chosen another path, and it would have made it easier and kept the peace. But in the midst of that, I believe God's used that for his purposes. Like I said, I know you've taken some shots and unkind words because of those giftings. May God restore, renew, and continue to strengthen these gifts within you. Thank you for sharing them with our district and with this congregation. The last one I'll mention, and and like Josh, we could have sat here all morning talking about the things and places where there was was ways of impact and appreciation. But the other one is a commitment to live with purpose. This sense of, if I'm going to live this life, I want to know where I'm aiming, what it is God's called me to, and I'm I'm going to be on that path. That's what I want to do. You have modeled what it looks like to live with purpose. You worked with Bob and others to craft a focused mission statement during your time as an associate pastor, learning to live and love like Jesus that I love so much I'd like to steal it and use it everywhere. It's simple, 
You might say we kind of know that and we know what it is and so it doesn't mean anything. It means a lot. Because if we actually can live into that mission statement, that place of value, we're always disciples who are learning more and more about what it means to know Jesus, to learn to live like he did because his spirit and his presence comes and flows in us. That's the kind of commitment to living with purpose that you did. Continues to direct us as a bridge team and this congregation as a whole, as do the values and the focus that you sowed into the setting. Jeff, I want to say thank you for all that you've sowed among us. These are just a few of the things that come to mind when I think about the ways that you've planted at East Pete Mennonite Church in this district, in LMC, and really already in this region. I'm thankful you're not leaving the region because those seeds are going to continue to be sowed. As a way of uh, a meditation, I was thinking about this this week. What came to my mind uh, was the passage from 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And you'll see it uh, projected up here uh, from, uh, from the, uh, the Amplified Version. And just listen with me as I read this. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed because being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile, futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. As I thought about that passage, and again, Katie, though I don't know you well, uh, I probably know you more vicariously through Jeff where we've interacted, and he said, Katie and I were talking about this last night, and Katie shared this, or, or we talked about that, and this was the impression Katie had. I realize that you guys work very closely as a, as, as a team and as a couple. And I just sensed that I wanted to actually personalize this passage for the two of you, publicly reading it in that way. Because you know that your, your work, that your labor for the Lord, having finished this chapter and moving to the next one, that that labor for the Lord isn't done. So this is really, in a sense, a, a verse of commissioning, but it's also a verse of remembrance. So therefore, my beloved Katie and, and Jeff, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. I want to exhort you out of this passage, and this really is for all of us. If this verse is true for Jeff and Katie and their family, it's true for all of us who are followers of Jesus. That the truth is this is an active word into our midst. It's into this space and place. We're in a new season. We're in a different place, but what we have done and what we will do is never in vain when that labor is focused on kingdom priorities. So first of all, uh, uh, Jeff and Katie, be steadfast. That's, that gives the idea, kind of that focus of being laser focused. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're focusing on. We're not going to get distracted. That's something I learned from you, Jeff, in that context. It's like, these are all on the side. They can do those things, but this is, this is what we feel like God's given us. We must focus on that. Laser focus, not giving up, and rooted. Now, also, these two terms in the Greek are almost like twins, be steadfast and immovable. They're kind of almost interchangeable, but there's emphasis that's there. Immovable is, is, of course, not to move from its place and being firmly persistent. 
in that context. So steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord. Again, as the Amplified says, always doing more than is needed. Jeff, I know how hard you worked while pastoring. One of the hardest things as a pastor is that you can't actually go around tooting your own horn and telling people what you actually do. It just doesn't work. The only thing that you, you struggle with is the context when you were trying hard to do the thing you felt God was calling you to do and somebody else thought there was something else you should have done. That's what you hear, not how hard you worked in the, in the labor and the effort of what was before you. It's part of the at times what feels like the thankless job of a pastor because it isn't for a lack of desire. It's usually a lack of time or a sense of these are the priorities the Lord has given me. And I need to be, I need to be steadfast. I need to be immovable in that. Jeff, you worked so hard. You put in way more hours than you needed to. But you did it because you wanted to. You wanted to study the word more deeply before you preached. You wanted to read more broadly before you came to conclusions. You wanted to understand history so that what you were doing and saying was rooted and not just the now, but in the history of the church back then. You wanted it connected and you spent time doing that. Some people could say that's your own pursuit, it was your own desire, but actually we need those kinds of leaders who are willing to sacrifice and to take the time to study deeply and then bring that back and unfold it for us. That happened. That was one of the things that again and again people acknowledged. I'm sure everybody here didn't like your preaching. Everybody didn't like my preaching, and I'm a really good preacher. Okay, sorry. Um, we, we just, uh, that was tongue-in-cheek people. I wasn't boasting. Um, but that reality of what happens in the context is that people respond based on preferences or perspective or styles or whatever. But the reality was one of the things that came out in the video again and again is you brought the word. And those seeds were sown. And I'm not a farmer, but I still watch the crops grow. And sometimes it feels like it takes forever to get those, that corn up high enough and the corn ears starting to come. And you need, and it, need it watered. Because if you don't get water, it's not going to grow. I want you to know that not only does it say always excel in the work of the Lord, you did always excel in the work of the Lord in this context and seeds were sown. Ones that I've heard now as we begin to move into transition with bridge team and with board and things like that, that maybe you didn't get a chance to hear, but I did, of people saying, this is how Jeff impacted my life. So I say thank you, Jeff. And I want to exhort you beyond this assignment into the next. Jeff always, Jeff and Katie, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because we know that this labor is not in vain. It can feel like it's in vain sometimes, but it's not in vain because it's the very power of the gospel. And then the second one, being constantly aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. And the Amplified adds, laboring even to the point of exhaustion. As, as a caregiver and an overseer, I'm not sure I like that particular translation because I'm always trying to guard my pastors from doing more than they can and getting exhausted. But the Amplified really is the essence behind words, so it's probably there. There's times where you're giving yourself so much to the task and what God calls you to that the reality is it feels like you're exhausted. And it's felt that way for you in the past seven years at times, maybe more often than you would like to acknowledge. Uh, 
Got to look at you, Katie, and say maybe more often than he'd like to acknowledge, right? This, this boy worked hard. And we know that some of that was also your pursuit of study and learning, which was connected to being a good minister. But to do that, there's other hours that have to be scavenged from somewhere. So this morning, I want to say thank you for the ways that you have labored, even to the point of exhaustion, seeking diligently to honor God and also to build up the body of Christ. And the Amplified Bible always says, your labor in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. The enemy of our souls always comes in and says, you tried hard and you can't see what's happening or whatever. You didn't really do anything. That is a lie. We break the power of that lie right now in Jesus' name and we declare that the seeds that have been sown through your ministry year, they are and will bear fruit for kingdom purposes. We declare that in Jesus' name. That particular phrase, your labor in the Lord is never futile nor wasted, it is never without purpose, was the phrase, that, the part that caught my attention and what I thought about as I thought about what can I share with you guys. You know this here and you believe it here. Sometimes these two don't always connect in the midst of life circumstances. But I simply want to bless the two of you and be able to, in this context, context to be able to identify that this is now a transition time. We've been in that, but it's a transition time for the, uh, for the, for the congregation. But we're reflecting back on the ways in which that Im- impact has happened. One of the ways was already shared from Josh and Derek, but it came to my mind today. I've sat with Josh more often than before, both on Bridge Team, but particularly because he has sat with the Credentialing Com- Commission of LMC uh, for license toward ordination in this congregation as an associate pastor of worship or a worship pastor. We're still talking about terminology, and it probably isn't the most critical, but in that context, next Sunday will be the installation for Josh, and we'll be in this context. And part of that piece, in a sense, is the continuation of this, but today, Jeff, in some ways, you shift and, 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 and move on, not because you're not going to be here next Sunday. In fact, the interesting thing is, Josh, I asked Josh, I said, one of the things we do in, in an installation service is we ask the person who's being licensed to ordination, who is the person that has impacted your life? And he, he pondered a number of them, we talked about it, and then, and then as things played itself out, he said, you know what, I want Jeff to do that message. So interestingly enough, we're here releasing you, and then we're inviting you back into the pulpit to speak to that man about what you've seen in his life, to prophesy over him, to do whatever it is that God calls you to as a part of an installation message. We're doing a lot of things here that protocol says you shouldn't do, but you know what? That's how it played itself out, and I trust God to work in, in, in the midst of that. 